Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Who is the best player left in the playoffs? 888-SAY-ESPN. Is it Jason Tatum? Is it Luka? Is it Jimmy Butler? Is it Steph? 888-729-3776. Guys, the Suns, I mean, they got the brakes beat off them in a game seven at home. Here's Chris Paul after the game on whether or not his championship window is closed. Did it hit you a little harder when the buzzer is a lost opportunity? Not at all. <laughs> they said that last year. Probably said it back in 08. You know, you play long enough and you don't win. Every time you lose, they're going to say it was, it was your best chance. But I think for, for me, us, is we'll be right back next year. Tell you that much. I, I'm not uh, retiring tomorrow. Thank God. You know, hopefully I'm healthy, come back, but uh, keep playing. So we had uh, – so Chris Paul does not plan on retiring. There's a big difference between if he ever gets to a championship winning one when you're one of the best two players on the team versus winning one when Jason Kidd or Gary Payton did in their career. Still contributors, played a lot of minutes, were, were valuable, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, that's the best or second best player on the team. And it just – it means something different in your career. You're proving a different kind of thing. Yeah, of course, Max. It ain't the same when you win one at the height of your career and you like the, the main ingredients or second ingredients or third ingredients on the team. But when you're coming off the bench to win a championship, it's still a championship. You still contribute, but it's not the same. Not I think same. that that window, Jay, has closed to CP3, unfortunately, based on what happened to them last night. I don't see where the Suns are going to be back and, and respect Chris Paul uh, tremendously, but I don't see where the Suns will be back in this position again next year. So Patrick Beverly was just on our show. He was on Get Up Earlier. He's going to be on this just in later on, 2 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, handsome host. Patrick Beverly, the three-time All-NBA defensive team, on what Chris Paul's legacy is. Person who's played in the NBA a long time and was able to get the keys to the car at a very young age. And due to that, is able to have the numbers he's able to have. Just because he was given the keys to the car. At an early age. Can you go into that a little bit more? Give me the keys. I'm, I don't know, 18, 19. I don't know when he got drafted, 19, 20. 20 years, up to, what, 37 at 17 years. You better have some numbers. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it was given to him. I didn't say it was given. It's it's completely earned. But when you get get the keys to, 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 to the Lamborghini at a young age, I mean, you go put some miles on it. Yo, so we try to talk about this a lot in the show. I, look, CP3's legacy is cemented, in my opinion. Like, I think he's a top 10 point guard of all time. Like, you can make a case before it's all said and done, he might be top six, top seven, right? Um, and I, 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 knowing him for as long as I've known him and P. Bev, I see what Pat Bev is saying. And it brings up a deeper point key that sometimes I think we just gloss over because we think any player, regardless of circumstance, they could win, right? Like, LeBron James could win. Even though he didn't win in Cleveland, he went down to Miami to win and then came back to Cleveland to win. Right? Um, but there is something to be said about where you get drafted and what kind of luxury you have with getting drafted. So you go back to 2005, 2006, when he gets drafted to New Orleans, my man plays 36 minutes per game. 36 minutes per game. Now, granted, he put up 16, 16 points, eight assists, and he played well. But there is a part of what Pat Bev is saying that is correct. I'm not going to use that to diminish the greatness of CP3 overall, but what situation you do get drafted into and 
that owner or that GM's ability to hand you the keys and say, go, does add to your overall legacy when it comes to your stats when it's all said and done. Yeah, but you can't be crossing the double lines and hitting cones and stuff along the way. You got to be able to drive the car correctly. And I think CP3 throughout the course of his career has been consistent since draft day, since he first put on the jersey in New Orleans. Uh, Look, I get it. I've been a guy in my own personal career. I laugh at a lot of these joke these, these jokesters that don't know anything about football in my ability as a player. If you line me up with one or two quarterbacks my entire career opposed to whatever it was, double-digit quarterbacks that I played against, and you put me in the same system for the duration of my career, yeah, I'm going to have eye-popping crazy numbers. You give me a guy for 10 straight years. That's just part What's interesting, of Key? You're not even saying a great quarterback. You're, you're not even saying a great quarterback. You're just saying put me with the same quarterback. The same guy. The same system. You didn't, me even, with the, you didn't bother me, to say an all-pro dude. Put me with Brad Johnson for 10 straight years. Right. Just put me with him and see what type of numbers I come up with and where my career statistically Instead of finishing in the top eight statistically when I retired in the NFL, I'd be in the top four or five. But that's the cards I was dealt. Chris Parle was dealt with the cards that he was dealt with. For for however many years he's been playing in the NBA, he's been a consistent player. He seems to be running out of gas at times now. But I understand what Patrick Beverly is saying. When you got a whole package like Chris Paul, sometimes the way people view you, you're elevated at a different level. Right? I played in New York, Jay. Okay? I'm from L.A. I went to USC. I got drafted by the New York Jets. I helped lead a team to an AFC championship appearance, which then has lasted me in the city of New York for many years to come. It's all about the way you perceived and the circumstances that you put in. And Chris has been in a a bunch of great ones, so there's no arguing there. Jay, one thing that's interesting to me, and I want to—I'm curious about. I'm genuinely curious about your answer here. Mm-hmm. I hear what Key is saying, but Key, you had something in you that was not going to fail, right? You may not have succeeded to the level you may have under other circumstances, but you weren't going to fail. Jay, had you never had the injury, you weren't going to fail. You're just not built that way. It's in you, right? You were going to what? succeed. So what I'm asking is this: while I recognize entirely that circumstances help you. I'm asking, is it an issue of degree or kind? So, in other words, does it turn a non-great player into a great player, or does it turn a great player into a greater player? Why do we act like luck doesn't exist in sports, Key? You know what I mean? Yo, luck has so much to do with so many things. So, let me give you an example of, and granted, things happen, right? So, my rookie year, I get drafted by the Bulls, and Bill Cartwright is the head coach. We We run the triangle offense which is built for Kobe, Shaq, Michael Jordan, those guys. The wings hold the ball. It's no high screen and roll offense, right? CP3 comes into the league. He has Byron Scott. The ball is in his hands. It's a loose, free-flowing offense. So it's interesting how we think about it, and we think, well, scheme doesn't have anything to do with the player's success. Like Charles Barkley had something special to him. Never was able to win it. Wait, but Jay, wait. Stop right there. Back up for one second. This is what I'm saying. You were in not just not ideal circumstances, but bad circumstances to start your career. And my contention is, had you never been hurt, you would have gone on to do big things. They may have been bigger things in better circumstances, but if you got it inside you, it's going to manifest itself, right? You're not going to take no for an answer. Key, 17 different quarterbacks, bad teams. Key figured out a way because it's in him. Now, in better circumstances, even better. But he's not going to let himself fail. I view you the same way. 
is so so I view your situations as affecting the degree of you as a player, but not the kind of player you are. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't but, see CP3 as Yeah, I was about to say, I don't see CP3 like that. Right? Look, man, Max, no, Jay started no, off yeah. this conversation by saying, look, okay, he's been snake bitten. He CP3. left New he left he left uh, meaning meaning CP three. He left New Orleans to go where? Originally. No, to the Clippers. Lakers. No, but if they got scuttled. Yeah, yeah. If he goes to the Lakers, he may have won two or three championships by now. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. But guess what? The league decided to do whatever they wanted to do, so he wind up with the Clippers. Then he get Vinny Del Negro. Then he gets Doc Rivers. They lob city, they rolling. They can't ever get out of the way. Then he goes to Houston. Looks like they're getting ready to take care of Golden State. Oh, my hamstring hurts. I got to sit out. And Harden misses every shot. And Everyone Harden misses, misses every everything. Shot, yeah. Then he goes to OKC. All of a sudden, it looks like, wow, man, he wills, their, wills them to victory all by his little self. Then all of a sudden, he leaves. Ah, well, you know, Phoenix is a good trade, veteran leadership. What? what they're in the what? He's part of it, but then all of a sudden, COVID happens. Oh, I got to sit out a few games. Oh, they get Giannis. They ain't got nothing for that. They lose. Then this year they get the number one seed. Guess what? They run into, Patrick Beverly says it, they run into a, a guy that they don't have a defense for who just shreds them to pieces, and now he's at home. It's just snake bitten. You know what? Uh, Pretty good timeline. Yeah, you know what? But but Patrick Beverly's arguing he's getting lucky. You're arguing he's getting unlucky. And I would argue that in the end, it shakes out, and your career could have been better or worse based on your circumstances. But if you got it in you, Jay, you were a two-time player of the mm-hmm. year. Even if your circumstances weren't as good, you were going to do your thing. Key, you had 17 different quarterbacks, but you won a Super Bowl. You put up numbers. It, it, it may have been even better, or it could have been worse. Well, I hear I, I but, missed but Scott Skiles stuff by I, one year, my man. Right. Scott Skiles, one year, all of a sudden, it was a, it was a completely different offense if I never get hurt. The ball is actually in my hands. So, what, But uh, my point is, whatever Patrick well, Beverly different. thinks about – Chris Paul getting certain luck, or or in your case, Key being unlucky, like for Chris Paul, he had it in him to he yeah. was going to succeed what, at least at a certain part, level. I wasn't saying luck as like a something to demean. It's all part of the game. All like part it, of it. Like it, it happens, and some players have way more. Tom Brady has way more luck than a lot of other people for him to get seven. Right, man. Think about it. If like, what, so what many if, things have to go correctly. For you to get seven, seven. At a what if point, the Indianapolis coach took? What if I, I the Indianapolis you, coach took Ryan Leaf and the Chargers took Peyton Manning? The Peyton Manning still had it in him. Peyton Manning was going to ball. I'm just saying that Chargers would have won a bunch of championships. Yeah, yeah. And the coach would have still Same been looking man. for a quarterback. Luck is the residue of design, said Branch Rickey, who invented the modern farm system and helped Jackie Robinson break into the. Major leagues. Luck is the residue of design. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. app. Learn more at com- progressivecommercial.com. This Winston this season will get to throw to Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, the first-round pick from Ohio State, Michael Thomas. This is a stacked Position group, and yet another indication that the Saints believe they can win now with Jameis Winston. A pretty good three-man stable of receivers. I wouldn't put it at the top. I mean, Michael Thomas has played like a handful of games in two years. If he can be back to what he was in 2019, then they have a problem for other teams. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel. Lady, 
Monday morning. Dan Orlovsky is with us because it is Monday morning. What's going on, Dan? What's up, Legends? How you guys doing? Doing good now that you're here. What, what do you make of uh, the Drew Brees tweet, Dan, that his future is undecided and that he, yeah. quote, may play football again? Yeah, I think it's unlikely Drew plays football again. You know, we saw the final two seasons and really the lack of arm strength. And I know the conventional thought may be, well, his arm rested this past year, but he also didn't train to keep the body um, as good as it could and the arm strength is good as good. Or I'm assuming he did not do that while getting into TV. So I think it's unlikely that he comes back in as a player and, and um and tries to get one more season in. Um, I also think it's an example of like, listen, it's it's very difficult to figure out what you want to do. And Key and Jay know this. After you get done being a player and being their competitor, it's hard to figure out what you want to do, and it's hard to be great at something else. And, um, you know, I, I think he's going to find his way in some capacity doing something at a high level. I just don't know if it'll be TV, and I don't think it's going to be football again. Well, you've done a tremendous job of making the transition, so there that is. Um, Dan, I, you know, when I look at Drew Brees in a situation, I don't see where he's playing football, right? I mean, where's he going to play? We we talk about these teams. Where's he going to Seattle? I mean, like Carolina, because he's not going back to New Orleans. In fact, when the year that he got hurt, I think it was, what, two years ago or whatever, the year prior to him retiring, many yeah. people, many people, and I'm not talking about my nephew, so Jay, don't think I'm talking about my nephew. <laughs> many people thought within the New Orleans organization that Jameis Winston was having a better camp than Drew Brees, but they were not going to do Drew, Drew Brees that way because he was the lifeline mm. in New Orleans. He, they felt that way. That's why when he got hurt, they were comfortable with having yeah. Jameis in the lineup and didn't feel a certain way about it. But let me ask you how hard it is as a quarterback, though, not as a skill position player, but as a quarterback, to take off a year eating uh, uh, cold hot dogs and warm Coca-Cola inside of a press box to all of a sudden come back on the field. Yeah, I think it's nearly impossible, you know, at his age. Ten years ago is a different conversation. But at his age, it's nearly impossible. And, you know, I think if you're a football team, because, key, you bring up a good point. I, I, if he came back, he wouldn't be in New Orleans. I would just say this. Take the leadership part of it out, because that is a fair thing. But if you're a team and you want to add a quarterback, is it Drew Brees or Baker Mayfield? Honestly. Baker Mayfield. Like, is it Drew Brees or Baker? Exactly. Just because he's younger. He's livelier. He's got way more of a future. And I just think, you know, with, with a guy that had an arm strength, I remember the last season, and I remember the constant conversation around the Saints was this, Gabe. How are they going to create explosive plays and with who? Because they would sub in Taysom Hill to take shots downfield. That was literally what they would do is try to get Taysom Hill in the game to try to create explosive plays. So, um, listen, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I just, if he decides to come back, I think the the teams interested would be very minimal, if any. Darren Orlowski, ESPN football analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will Max. Dio, you know, now that the Saints have Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, uh, Chris Olave, I mean, they have all the weapons in the world. How much pressure does this put on Jameis Winston coming back off that injury? Yeah, I mean, a good amount of pressure because it's a really good opportunity. There's a little bit of grace as well, you know, because of coming off of the injury. I think Jameis in September will be a very different player than we see in November, December, if he stays healthy. 
Listen, I've been on the Saints for about two weeks now. Two weeks ago, I thought they were the third best team in the conference, and everyone was like, wait, what about the Packers? You know, I think still think it's the Rams. And I think the addition of Jarvis Landry puts them neck and neck with Tampa Bay. Neck and neck. This is a team that has whooped Tampa Bay in the regular season, last four games. They, the Saints are better now than they were this time last year, and the Buccaneers are worse now than they were this time last year. And, um, you know, here's the thing with Jameis. Uh, if Trevor Penning, the draft pick for the, from the, uh, northern Iowa in the first round this year, is a good tackle, Jameis should have another very strong season. And I understand people go, well, Sean Payton. Sean Payton's one of the great coaches in the NFL or all time. Pete Carmichael, who has been under Sean Payton as the offensive coordinator, has called plays. He is now just the primary voice in the offensive mind. Pete Carmichael's a phenomenal football coach. Dennis Allen steps in as the head coach. I just expect if Jameis comes back healthy, that I really do believe, and I've been hard on Jameis, he's going to continue to change the narrative about his career. And and I do believe that um, if I was betting, I'll bet people that he becomes way more what Ryan Tannehill was three years ago when you're going, this dude's a top 10 player at the position, then he's the same old Jameis Winston. It's so funny. I was going to say, Dan, as you were rattling off the names, I was like thinking in my head, leave me something, Dan, because you mentioned Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen, right? Those are one guy's a former head coach, one guy's a former play caller who's now rolled into a role. Flip sides to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Todd Bowles, former head coach who – had now I wouldn't call mm-hmm. it a failure, mm-hmm. but did not succeed in New York. And then you got Byron Leftwich, who's a play caller there. How realistic, with the circumstances of the coaches as well as the quarterbacks, how realistic is it that the New Orleans Saints could steal the division from the Buccaneers? We you mentioned they beat them up in the regular season, but now this is a different yeah. year. Key, I think it's fifty-one forty-nine Tampa Bay. I really do. I think the Saints realistically have just a square chance or just an even chance that Tampa Bay or to win the division as Tampa Bay does. I'm, I, realistically, I think if Chris Olave is the player that I believe he's going to be, that offense has the chance to be very good. Michael Thomas comes back and is, to Jeremy Fowler's quote, what he was in 2019. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneer offensive line is a lesser unit and New Orleans' defensive line is still just as good. And that's the, that's the key fact for, factor for me is that Tampa Bay offensive line, and they're not going to have Chris Godwin for more than likely two months at a high level. So I think that if Jameis is healthy and operating at a good level, no one should be shocked that if this team wins the division in New Orleans. Not a single person. Because I'm telling everybody that they are neck and neck with Tampa Bay. And whoever stays healthier throughout the season, think about it. Like, if Chris Godwin doesn't come back really healthy to November, and let's say Jameis is because he was hurt, I think, six weeks before that. Like, you could see New Orleans get a relatively fair jump in this division. And is, and I, I would in no way be shocked if they won this division at all. Dan, I think uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. But there, there do seem to be, and we see it in the NBA now, the more questions you have, like if this happens and if that guy gets back healthy, if, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there seem to be, to me at least, more ifs on the Saints than the Bucks. You mentioned the, the Bucks totally O-line. Totally disagree. Okay, totally okay. Disagree. Well, you mentioned totally. the Bucks O-line. They, they brought in Shaq Mason to replace Marpet, who retired, right? Like, where else do you – like, wh- what do you look at the Bucks and you say that's a real that, – they have a lot of question marks? 
Well, I think the interior of the offensive line, I understand Shaq Mason's a good player, but we've got to remember how Bill Belichick operates, get rid of a player a year early rather than a year late. He ain't Ali Marpet, I can tell you that. Um, no Gronk yet. You know, that that's still a question mark, the tight end position. No Gronk yet, and I don't know. They drafted a young man out of Washington, but he, their, their tight end position is not a position of strength as of right now. Um, no Indomitung Sue. So the interior of their defensive line, even though they have Vita Vea and Goldston, Still question marks because Sue is so impactful. And honestly, Edge Rusher, I know they've got Shaq Barrett. And I know, Jake, are those guys going to play the way that they did two years ago? Because last year they didn't. Those are the question marks I have. I, I, I don't have – I have one real question mark about the New Orleans Saints. James I'm James. confident in Jameis. Again, I've been a guy that for a long time has been Jameis is not the player that he should be. I have one question mark. Trevor Penning, their first-round tackle, if he plays – the way a Rashawn Slater did for the Los Angeles Chargers when they took him in the first round last year, the Saints will win that division. Yes, I'm confident he turns out in that. to be an incredible year one first round tackle. Yes, but what are the odds? I mean, you got to really okay. be hitting on all cylinders. Okay, so let's so let's say he so let's say he's uh, Penny Sewell for the Detroit Lions, who was a good tackle last year. Yeah, it makes a difference. He's a first round pick. Yep. Like you know, like he first round pick, he should play darn good football. That is. Dan Orlovsky, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, thank you as always. All right, Dio. Boys, have a good day. Boys, have a good day. Enjoy the sunshine. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Boston then stuck out their arm, led by double digits at the break. Never looked back. Tatum, wing left three. Another one. Tatum's five from five for downtown. It was a team effort. I mean, everybody chipped in. Pritchard, step back three, right angle. Good, good, good. Peyton Pritchard. Just looking forward to it, you know, excited being back in this position and, you know, trying to get over this hump. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Cedric Maxwell, Celtics radio analyst with us now. Morning, Cedric. What up, Ced? Good, good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? My guy, you know, J. Will, but... But Keyshawn, man, that was my my guy in L.A., man. He was one of my ball boys when I was with the Clippers. Sold everything in the locker room. I know that. (laughs) 
What's Jay, happening? don't put your shoes down around Keyshawn. <laughs> they were they were in the hood. <laughs> he was Keyshawn was eBay before there was eBay. <laughs> Can you were stealing shoes from the locker room? Man, don't listen to Cornbread, man. eBay. Come on. It was Keybay. It might as well have been. Don't leave your shoes around me. True play for real. Tell him, Key. What's happening, man? How much much of that winning time you sat down and watched? Because I know you've been watching it. You know what? I hear from everybody telling me about their winning time, but, you know, they got it right about me. You know, when, when Jerry West called me an MF, I, I loved it. I'm like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's how I want to be known in L.A., you know, versus those those fakers over there. So oh. I, I've seen a little bit of it, but I've heard more about it from most of my friends. Well, hey, Max, what, what Maxwell, Cedric, what, what are we – what are we what? looking at? Are we, I know I said what? Max, but Max, I meant Maxwell. I know, but but when I said Max, I was go. I call him Max, but then I forgot there was Max on the show as well. Max so well. yeah, I had to I had to get it right. Um, how much of how how much are we looking at Jason Tatum and his arrival right now in Boston? Um, you know, I think that he's one of those stars, and you know, you look at him from top to bottom. Uh, you know, what I love about him is that he takes ownership when he doesn't play uh, well. And I think it was one of those games where he shot poorly and he said, I'll be good. I'll be better the next time. And great players. And, you know, playing with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish, great players when they don't score, they put their imprint on the game in some some other way. Rebounding, assists. And Jason Tatum didn't do it that game. But you look throughout the series, he was able to get assists knock down shots, and find other people. This is a very unselfish team when you look at the Boston Celtics. And they had too many options, really, when they came to Milwaukee. They ran out of them. And, you know, without Middleton, Middleton, that that was one of the, the aces they had with the Bucks. They didn't have it, so that was it. So, Cedric, this morning we had the conversation about who we all think is the best player remaining in the playoffs. So I went into who is playing the best out of the remaining players in the playoffs. So I would ask you, who do you think is the best player in the playoffs? Is that Stephen Curry, Luka, Jimmy, or Jason Tatum? Uh, Luka. Uh, No offense to the other guys you said because they're great players. But Luka, he controls the offensive end better than anybody I've seen in a long time. He is is that Larry Bird-like guy, you know, who doesn't give a damn about who's guarding him, who is going to take advantage of mismatches and has a cocky arrogance that I happen to love when you see great players. They, they look at you and they're going, you know what I'm going to do, and you know you can't stop me. And that's what I love about great players, and that's why I think he's the best right now player remaining on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. So That's what I said at the top of the show, that I think he's the best player left just because of his ability to take over games and the way he did it. But Jason Tatum has done the same too. And before this whole thing started, said I kept talking about in order, like Jason Tatum to me was like on the, the the tier away from the highest tier of the VIP lounge in the club, right? Like I, I was telling mm-hmm. you, you ever going to the club and you're like, oh, I got a great table, and then you look up, and you're like, well, hold on, man, wait, y'all got another layer up there? Why am I not on that layer, right? And Jason Tatum going through Kevin Durant, going through Giannis, now he has to go through Jimmy Butler. He has a chance to earn that seat at the upper echelon of the VIP, don't you think? Well, he, I think he's there now. 
Mm. I think when you're talking about opening up the room, and you and I have been there. We've all been there, Keyshawn. Max, you've been there when you, as he's saying, you you go to a club, man, and they're popping bottles in your area. You're like, man, we are cool. And then you look up, oh, that's Jordan, that's Pippen, that's this person, that person. That's, yeah, there is another tier. And I think that he is at that level now. Uh, he has he has an arrogance and a confidence about it. He has a swagger that I haven't seen, you know, in a long time uh, for a player with the Boston Celtics. He, he reminds me a lot of Paul Pierce with his with his cockiness. But I think he's, you know, he's he's Duke. He's a Duke Blue Devil cool guy. That you know, you just just under the surface, you're going. He is so cool. Sometimes too cool for school. Mm. Cedric Maxwell. Celtics radio analyst joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, an all-time Laker hater as well. Uh, <laughs> cornbread. Yes. I mean, you go from the Celtics to the Clippers, you bet. <laughs> of course you're a uh, Laker hater. No, corn, cornbread. Uh, that, that was um, horrible. Cornbread, how, how surprised were you that this series played out the way it was, given the fact that it felt like Milwaukee had the edge? You know what? I, and I, here's the thing about it: I didn't really feel like Milwaukee had the edge. Uh, it, it, and even with that, I think that the Celtics had when they they had an opportunity to win this series this series earlier. Uh, you know, but they made mistakes, and there sometimes the Bucks came and took it from them. And and the one game you think about here in Boston, Game Five, I think the Bucks shot six for six from the three point line. I'm not sure if they took three sixes in, you know, almost the entire game you think about. So they were they, – they came and took it. But, again, I think the Celtics were the better team because they were the better team defensively. What we know, defenses travel. They, they, they go all over the world. You can, you, can, you can live and die with those. Celtics defensively were so good. And all you had to do was just – you, you weren't going to stop Giannis, but you had to stop everybody else. And those guys didn't score. The Grayson Allens of the world didn't score and didn't hurt you. Cedric Maxwell, you were a finals MVP. When you look at Tatum, and I also agree, Luka's number one left, but the argument for Tatum is strong because he got the offense plus the defense that Luka doesn't have, right? When you look at Tatum, is he ready to be a, I understand this is a long way to go, but to be a finals MVP dude? Is he at that point in his career already? Yeah, I, I think he, he's there. I think if you get there to that table, I think he can make that run. But, you know, here's another guy. Don't discount, you know, Robin over there, and that's Jalen Brown. Right. Jalen Brown has been sensational. He is he is like, you know, Batman and Robin. Robin, that was, everybody talks about Batman, but Robin had a hell of a gig. And you look at, you know, Brown right now. Brown could be another guy who is a sensational scorer defensively. I think he is quick. He's aggressive. So it could happen in a lot of different ways if you look at this Boston Celtics team. Two two-way wings at that level, boy. That's what you're looking for. Cedric Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Cedric. All right, Ced. All right, gentlemen. Have a good one. Keyshawn, don't steal no more damn shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Key Bay strikes again. Man, so- 
Don't be listening to hey, nothing man, I'm hey, saying okay. with that, man. We all, we all come from somewhere, baby. You know what I mean? Nah, they, they used to take care of us, man. Tell them, Corbett, we all come from somewhere. Yeah, I, got the, I got absolutely, the sign. Dog, I got the sign Cedric Maxwell's on Key Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Key talking about, oh, don't take my charger. Meanwhile, yeah. this guy is taking grown-ass <laughs> man's shoes. He got a closet in his house. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are too funny. The best <laughs> games <laughs> <laughs> the best game sevens on Sunday. They weren't on the hardwood. Key tells you why the Penguins should shut up and move on. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Cedric Cornbread Maxwell tried to tell a story about me stealing shoes, me and my boys stealing shoes out the Clipper locker room when we I need was to young. Hear this. I need to hear this. So, so growing up in South Central L.A. is right across the street from where Sports Arena was. Sports Arena was the old stadium where the Clippers would play. And so... Uh, I don't know who it was, but their equipment manager tabbed us as to be their ball boys on on the team. You know, like for two years, I was like, clip, I was a Clipper ball boy when I was young. Shame and on so, you. How old? No, how old I mean, you, what how the old hell? Is young key? What are we talking about? Like ten, eleven? Yeah, we talking about ten, eleven years, okay, twelve okay, years old. Okay. So, in Maxwell and Michael Cage, and and I think Danny was on the team at the time, and Norm was on the team at players. the time. So they had some players. They just and Don Chaney was the coach. And so, you know, they would hook us up with the shoes, but we would turn around and sell them. And so I think a couple of us might have got some sticky fingers a couple times because we realized <laughs> they had a bunch of shoes piled up. And so, you know, you know, had a couple shoes that probably shouldn't have gone with us. You know, made some Y'all mistakes along the way. Size fourteen, no, not your feet hey, only hey, size Jay, eight. Jay, seven. you want to know the fun? You want to almost curse? You want to know the funniest? It what? is that you're right. I was wearing like a nine. I had like a fourteen on, <laughs> wearing them to school. <laughs> you had the crease right in the middle, right? Oh, oh, the the Reebok, right, like yeah. the Reebok pumps or something like you put, that. You, do you put the socks up by the toe? Oh, uh, no, pair of socks. In double, there? double socks. Double Some socks. Of- yeah, man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, but it was growing up around. Man, you just—I was fortunate enough to grow up around a bunch of great professional athletes. For a dude that grew up in South Central LA, the amount of athletes that I grew up around, whether it was 
Mark McGuire and Marcus Allen and Ronnie Lott and the big unit, and now, you know, Michael Cage and and Maxwell and them dudes. That's what I'm trying to get my son to realize. I went to his game on Sunday. He out there dropping footballs for a living. He had a chance. (laughs) Are you putting your son on blast on national radio? Well, look, man, he had a chance to get four interceptions, two pick sixes, and two other ones, and a touchdown. We got the touchdown on on an end route on the baseline back in the end zone. But he had two pick six. He dropped them both because he looking at the end zone instead of running underneath the ball. And then, you know, our kids get in the way. He had two other ones. The kids ran into him. They was out there like Keystone Cops, man. Key, that's why he's a cornerback and not a receiver, man. At all. Dropping (laughs) touchdowns. You're dropping Bentleys eventually. Exactly. Hey, I get it. You see why I'm on my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter for um, staring at butterflies not focusing on Won't be at USC. Be at Duke State. There's a reason yeah, Trevon Diggs plays oh, corner and Stephon Diggs good plays try. wide out. No, it's not even a good we try, trying, and I tell her no. it's a good try. That's no, the problem. It's not a good try. To losing. Yeah. Your DNA is too strong to be trying. What are you, Yoda? <laughs> try or <laughs> there, try Do or, or do not. not. Ah. There is no try. Back in 10 seconds. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Keith, what we're about to find out in this next series for me in the Eastern Conference, like man in the arena, like that whole, like Shabago, like that is. Shibago. Yeah. I'm into Shabago. Yeah, yeah, happened again. Very just yeah no, I'm into Shabago. Like a shebang, yeah. but not exactly a shebang, a whole bag of shebang. Yeah. Shabago. <laughs> it was a Shabako. Not a Shabago. That's some, that's the whole bag. A Shabako is like a debacle. You changed the pronunciation and the meaning. James Whatever, I was meant the whole deal. It was an absolute Shabako for the Suns in game seven. Over here. Yo, by Y'all the way, got me just, still laughing, Jay. That's what, with what? I just was thinking about some of the stuff I did as a kid. Always. God. Hey, look, you try to get on me for stealing chargers. <laughs> no, but check yeah, this when, out. When though. Key talks about stealing chargers, he means like actual San Diego chargers back in the day. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. Throw them in Max, the trunk of the car. <laughs> Max, <laughs> man, I grew up so poor. That's what I'm saying, man. You got to take what's available. I, I grew up so poor and wanted to be so fresh mm-hmm. when I was young, young. We used to go, one of the things here in L.A. we used to do, we would go into the store. Instead of stealing the shirts, we yeah, would cut the little tag off and off. sew them on the T-shirts and yeah, the right. shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The eyes on. See, you the, laughing. The See, Jay don't get it. Jay don't get it, Max. He I don't do get, get it. The Latigra? No. Your Latigra, the Latigra, the You take the little tiger off, rip it what, right the off. La, the the, the Latigra, the Lacosta, the Fila, Fila BJ. Yeah. You get the razor blade, you cut yeah. right around yeah, it. That way I ain't stealing yeah. the whole shirt. Yeah. Then I go I'll then I'll go sew it on my shirt at home. Yeah, a Lee patch in New York. It was a you get a your hands on a, a, a Lee patch. That just sounds crazy as hell now, Dave. So much effort. <laughs> now here's the question when you sewed it on the shirt there must have been one kid who's like come on man that's not a latigra you sewed the latigra on man, why absolutely you put the patch over your right shoulder man <laughs> absolutely long there it'd be all crooked and stuff <laughs> <laughs> crooked and then if you was and if you was real clever if you was real clever you get the super glue <laughs> remember griffin oh god you remember griffin when the, if you had if you had like let's say the uh the uh, shell tops right the Adidas, and yeah. it got a little scuffed. You take Griffin, which didn't clean it. It just painted the sneaker. Oh, and yeah. that little thing, that little applicator on the end, you just paint right over. You wind up with painted sneakers. You walk around with dirty kicks, man, back in the day. No, <laughs> no but see, Jay, over, people Jay, on kicks, man. 
the, the, the shoe polish was a cold game. The, the, you <laughs> shake it and you got a little sponge on the end. Every yeah. morning. Yeah, it wasn't polished. It's not polished. And by the way, you it's, never it's washed paint. a sponge. You never washed it. You just kept yeah, no, it it's not time. polished. It was paint. That's what it was. It's paint. You're painting yeah. your sneakers. And it would be, it did after a couple wears, it would crack. Yeah. But oh, I guess. Look here, at a here, mess. But here's what I would say now, Jay. <laughs> I come a long ways. It's I ain't got to wear them eight-wear eight K-Swiss no more. No, you no don't. more Griffin. You don't got to wear those size 14 kicks. Nope. You know? Every now and then, Key still, key still, key still <laughs> slices a little Latigro off every now and then for old time's sake, but that's but it. But the fact that you even know about that, Max, tells me you was doing it too. <laughs> oh, Max is city kid. You Outrageous. Know doing Outrageous. Uh, what I resemble about? that remark. I, I, I dare you do that. Okay, 5% of people wanted to talk about the fight. Charlo Max Castano. Boxing. Great fight. But only 5% of the people want to talk about it. 20% want to talk about the no-hit win. Well, no. Who threw a, new, who threw a no-hitter? Someone threw a no-hitter? The Pirates got no-hit and won. Oh, it did oh, not oh, count as a no real no-hitter right, right, right. because the, uh, they Multiple. didn't pitch nine innings. The, the Reds did not pitch nine innings. The worst team in baseball threw a no-hitter and lost. And lost. I, by the way, I saw the Yankees do that back in the day. Andy Hawkins walk, threw a no-hitter, walked a bunch of guys, lost the game. Always comes uh, back to the Yankees, huh? Of course. Of course. By the way... Notice he is the always going to bring like it back to the Dodgers. There's like three things Max can bring it back to. I will to. always bring it back Lakers, to the Yankees. Joe Burrow. Lakers. No, Lakers. No, but mainly the Yankees. Justin Herbert. Or Justin Herbert. Baseball is, but baseball in particular is a local sport. Key got the Dodgers on his brain. Yeah, basketball. we're not doing well right now. I don't want to talk about the Dodgers. See? See? Justin Herbert, Yankees, yeah. or you forgetting the Zoom. Giants. The Zoom code, everyone. Giants. Yeah. We got Giants. He can bring yeah. stuff he's, back he's to only, the Giants. He's, he's only maybe got, six now, Jay. He's only got six. five. He's, he's got improved. five. Yeah. He's got five. Like five, six sometimes. You got the Yankees. You got the Yankees. The Giants. Mike Tyson. No, I got Joe another Burrow, one now. Key, you gave me another, Key gave me another one already. Nothing good ever happens for that guy. See, oh, little well, by little, yeah. you add to That's your bag. That's a segment. So, yeah. Luca or the field, 37% want to talk about him, but they didn't win the Game 7 overtime winners. Hockey! Hockey! People want to talk about hockey. Good, good thing they don't call me Maxi Pucks for nothing. All right. Here is Sidney Crosby. And Penguins, fo- uh, Penguins forward, obviously. And Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're in Pittsburgh, right, uh, Evan? Oh, my God. At the post-game presser, listen. Terrible rule ends up probably being the difference in the game. He has to come off by rule, by the rule. How do you feel about that rule? I think it stinks. He has to come off. His helmet got pulled off intentionally, but that's the rule. No, it's not. Mike Sullivan, you should know the rule. This has happened now to the Penguins twice in the playoffs the last two years. Last year to the Islanders, this year to the Rangers. A player on their team loses their helmet on the ice. They skate off the ice, and the other team scores a goal. And they complain about it every time, and that's not the rule. The rule is that if the helmet is in the vicinity of the player, he can put it back on his head and get back into the play. That's not what uh, John Marino did last year against the Islanders. It's not what Marcus Pedersen did last night for the Penguins. This team doesn't know the rule. Their head coach, Mike Sullivan, doesn't know the rule. And instead of admitting they don't know the rule, they're complaining that that cost them a series that they were up 3-1. what Jay up 
texted me while it was going on. And up 2 nothing in Game 5 and up 2 nothing in Game 6 and had a third-period lead last night. That's a, Get off me with but this. But here's the thing, Evan. Nobody feels bad for the Pens in this one, right? Like, when you're up 3-1. Oh, like, there are. Yeah, go look at Twitter. There are pe- plenty of people who feel bad. Man, the dude needs to just pick up series. his damn helmet. Pick up the helmet and put it on. Well, that How hard is that? Sounds like a whole bunch of excuses to me. Well, the reason why we really lost, no, you had legitimate chances to win it for three games, and you chose not to. You were up 3-1. You were up 2 uh, You were up 2 nothing in a couple of games after you're up 3-1. Why, you why does it seem like, it. hey, Evan, why does it seem like teams from the PA always complaining about why they lose games? The, the Penguins complain. The Penguins and their fans, yes, James Steele, I'm talking to you, complain more than anyone. Sidney Crosby is one of the biggest complainers in sports. This guy has taken players by the head, thrown them headfirst into the boards, but then he gets hit legally, and they try to get a suspension out of one of the Rangers' defensemen. Like, this team just likes to complain. And unfortunately, for the second time in about eight years, they lost to the Rangers when they had a 3-1 lead. Maybe Maybe figure out a way to close out the series when you're up 2-0 at home instead of Evan Rodriguez, one of their best players, taking a stupid cross-checking penalty that let the Rangers back in the game. Maybe they should be worrying about that and not a rule that they don't know, that they think they know, and then just complain about it. Yeah, James. That's right. James, am I right? James. (laughs) They collapse in the tomorrow. The Sixers collapse now and the Pingies collapse. Jeez. Oh, it's all of Pennsylvania. That's what I'm saying. Pennsylvania. And then they always complaining in the PA. Leave them alone. Pittsburgh <laughs> and Pennsylvania are two different things. Just want to get that out there. <laughs> 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 oh, so now you're going to try to separate it. Okay. Anybody who's from the Philadelphia area is from Philadelphia. Yeah. The rest of the state is simply You could have that. Yeah, it's a fact. You could have the rest of the state. It's kind yeah, of West the, Virginia. The, they yeah, it the off on West Virginia. Of Pennsylvania. Leave PA alone, that. man. Philly, but Philly is its Lee own PA state within a state. Yeah, it's oh, God, here we, we, got, we go, Jay. We you're trying to, from I see you're trying, trying to, to suck us. up, Jay. There you yeah, go. Jay. Yep. Jay's trying to suck it's up. Leave, yeah, but South Jersey is kind of part of Philly, Yates. What are you trying oh, to no, go to NFTs somewhere in the area? Camden is not South. It's not North Jersey is part of New York. South Jersey is part of Philly. No, it's Jersey. It's Jersey. That, that's Leave us see, alone. See, see, there's only about one square mile of Jersey between North we're and South Jersey. That's Philly, actually we're not Jersey. To be part of New York. Yes, Jersey, man. That's the we problem. Straight, we know what Jersey time it is. First no of all, identity. Jersey. No, we, ain't got, we know what our identity is. Yates, Yates, you Yates, Yates you're so right. Until the Sopranos came out. I never heard anyone from Jersey claiming Jersey. That Sopranos came out. That's right, so watch your mouth. I'm with you, Mac. Everybody from Jersey was claiming they was from New York. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.